0: Flam Rouge, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, and Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. This is Staying In.
1: Do people still have news resolutions? Uh, haven't we all grown out of it now that we realise that time is oh, here we go. <laughs> fiction? Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. really matter. Okay. <laughs> Is that uh, bad? So- Saying that though, I actually do have a bit of a resolution this year. So yeah. I guess is, it, is it study the tenets of nihilism? Because <laughs> you're off to a banging start. It's try to find the point of it all. <laughs> Just the one point, huh? Just the- There's only one point, everyone knows that. That's why it's taken so hard to nail down. Um, yeah. over the years but no is is that still a thing because cause at New Year's this year there was no chatter about oh what are you going to do you know this year you know there was none of that um, sort of back and forth, forward and sort of that passive aggressive level of competition that kinda of goes on at New Year's. So yeah. well I'm gonna travel to, you know, Australia and back.
2: Well well I'm gonna promise to do even more good things than you,
1: even though I won't I'm do gonna them. stop using plastic, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little bit grouchy because, <laughs> because, well, it's been a stressful couple of days yeah. because we've been booking our honeymoon, which hopefully should now be done. So where uh, are you off to? So after much soul searching and uh, we are going to Bali. Where is Bali? Bali Very is nice. in Indonesia. You know where they just had that massive earthquake and tsunami because a volcano erupted? So, so it's really cheap? Yeah. And we, start, we started off looking at Bali. And then as the weeks progressed, we moved to the Maldives and Mexico... And mm. Las Vegas, yeah. and slowly we've just come back to basically where we started from. So it's been so it's been uh, been a bit stressful to get all that sorted.
2: Well, well, Bali, Bali is meant to be, you know, it is meant to be, obviously it has a bit of troubles, but uh, it is meant to be a really lovely place, isn't it? It's if you like... pay
1: the right money, they'll put you in a nice hotel away from it all. Oh,
2: so, man. <laughs> uh. but it's it's like a beach beach holiday, is that
1: right? Well, we're doing a mixture of two things, so we're staying okay. at two places so the first place we're staying is right in the middle of the jungle uh of um in in a little like jungle valley region of bali where like the temples are and there's lots of there's like a monkey temple nearby so we're staying there for a few nights and then we're going to the beach for the rest of the rest of the holiday so staying in a more like a beachy resort so getting two slices of the of the honeymoon pie i guess is what it's what it's called. But yeah, it's it's that and then my dog's ill has taken a bit of the sheen off, mm. off, off New Year's. It's gone from everything to just a bit of a scratch to blocked intestines back to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, meningitis was mentioned today um, Whoa. but it's just a slip disc in her spine so okay 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 <laughs> that's uh, mm. quite
0: an array i know that's almost well, like a spray and pray approach i feel like <laughs> she i feel like diagnosis. she should complain about the person who said ah it's just a
1: scratch well it's bit, it's it's sometimes quite difficult with a dog because it's not like you can go right. Where are you hurting? It's kind of you. Kind of work from the small up to the big. Like cure the small thing and then. Anyway, this is all very tedious. <laughs> Poppy, look at this ink blot. Yeah. What do you see? <laughs> Would
0: well, you wanna hear my new year's resolutions, lads? Um, one is to visit a country I've not been to before. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Do you fancy going half on a trip to Bali?
0: Cool. Bring um, the can I be there when you broach that subject with Lisa? Yeah. <laughs> I'll carry your bag, sir. (laughs) To show for the airport. We nearly
1: oh talking of that, we we nearly did book a sandals a resort where Mm. we could actually get a butler. And no. so the butler, like, like makes your reservations for you. If you're on a lounger, they bring you all the drinks and they do everything. And the more we... Like, when you initially thought it, went, Bloody <laughs> hell, this, this is our, in our budget. We could get a butler that could follow us around. And then we realised we were going to Jamaica and we have two middle-class white people going to yeah. Jamaica and hiring a butler. Like, yeah. <laughs> bloody hell. Like, the entire... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, just the, the just the entire time you'll be looking at each other going
0: <laughs> like, "Oh, we made the wrong decision here." Oh, Sam, and... you nearly Sam, you nearly got yourself an Alfred, oh. or
1: just or just apologising the whole time, like, "I'm really sorry, but we all want another piña colada." So can you go and so, get us one? I'm really you, sorry.
2: Also, or yeah, because what, what you want is like a, a PG Woodhouse-style Jeeves. That's really what you're <laughs> what you're envisaging is that, which would be stunning really anyway uh, so Chris what, what's, what's next on the list Chris
0: I want to run at least once a week All not right. specifying distance just once a week
1: alright All right, just on the spot
0: uh, yeah exactly experience. here's a good, here's an important one for me not hitting machines that don't work okay yeah because I, I, I don't have a lot of patience with machinery I have a lot of patience with people but not machines did you know
2: that's how Jack Daniels died? What? Jack Daniels uh, was trying to get into his safe with all of his money, and uh, he couldn't open it, so he kicked it. It gave him a blood clot in his uh, toe, and it, he died of a hemorrhage.
0: I mean, I was thinking more of my weighing scales <laughs> in my kitchen, but <laughs> yeah, it's not as rock and roll as that, is it? Really, it's not, yeah, is it?
3: Pete, you really least, well, Pete, today you really take taking- us on a whirlwind of stories. You really are
0: kind of the highs <laughs> and lows. <laughs> we really I know, are I
1: know. next time I have a JD and coke I'll think about that story I'll,
0: I'll, I'll charge my glass Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I like the way you phrase that story if it's some sort of famous American parable like he kicked his safe with all his money in it
0: <laughs> mm. a, a last one is to meet with you guys at least three times
1: Ooh, this
0: year well it's
1: definitely going to happen one. once
0: uh, twice
2: Sure it'll happen twice because, I mean, there's...
1: Oh, no, twice, yeah, twice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... De- well, yeah, that's, that's definitely going to happen. That's, that's uh, b- Bump it up to four, mate. Bump it up to okay. four. Okay, yeah, might do that then. I can't, I don't... I, mine is basically New Year's resolutions, aka calm the f*** down and relax. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, so uh, that's really what I'm trying to do. that, and also somewhat antithetically, climb another mountain. Uh, so like, is these these two sorts of things? Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to do much less this year, much much less, and just focus on a couple of nice things that bring me joy. actually the, the the like the the joy thing has been like a i did 2018 2018 was hot garbage i would say but 2019 like the one phrase that has permeated every moment of it that i can when i've been really actively thinking about what i want to do and looking ahead to 2019 is the word joy right so like only thinking about the things that give me joy in in terms of like the time that I spend doing it right I'm, I'm not going to do any of these little silly side projects just as a favour for somebody just because you know like oh that would be a nice thing to do no if it gives me joy then great and I've also I also started watching today a TV programme which Alex has been watching a lot of and she said oh you've got to watch this thing and it's I can't remember the name of it but it's it's on Netflix and it's this TV programme where these two nice Japanese ladies tidying up Murray Kondo up, that's the one
0: yeah I, I've we we started watching that on the weekend so basically yeah, it's a program about how to tidy up and it sounds really banal it sounds as a series. awful yeah but these these
2: two nice ladies turn up and this one of them is that what's her name Marie Kondo Marie Kondo
0: yes yeah. so she's um, she's chief she like, pervader's philosophy, this philosophy. Of it.
2: yeah she has a philosophy of tidying right which again we're only 33 but there's a philosophy of tidying and i was like nah this 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 won't interest me and i started watching it, and i thought yeah this idea of like only keep the things that bring you joy right it is such a I've been reading um, one of the things I, I don't really talk about in the podcast is I, I read quite a lot of um, haiku and a lot of that is tr- uh, looped in with the Japanese tradition of Zen and that also is is about thinking about moments of emotions right that's what haiku is all about it's about capturing these little moments these s es- this essence of emotion in a very small amount of writing and then linking it with a couple of other things to actually make it a proper haiku and it to me this, this uh, Marie condo like it feels like a very asian way of approaching something like just tidying the house like it it definitely comes from that like eastern intellectual tradition of like thinking about like the spirit in which you do a thing like there's a there's a bit where she like thanks the house and thanks objects
0: that's it so for every object you get rid of you're deciding to give away because you've accumulated so much stuff Mm. She asks you to thank it. There's also very detailed and actually in- incredibly useful information and infographics on how to fold things. And for those listening to this are thinking, okay, this is not the demographic that I thought this podcast would be for. <laughs> it's really, genuinely, Veronica, my partner, uh, who's a very tidy person anyway, after the episode, we t- went to our middle drawer in our kitchen, um, which is, uh, funnily enough, got the weighing scales with my little fist mark dented into them, and... She tidied it as per Marie Kondo, and it it does something to you internally. It's this Mm. idea that a tidy tidy space tidies up the spirit, the soul, for want of a better Mm. word, as well. Um, It's it's one of the reasons why I always make my bed every morning, just because I feel I'm in a kind of a clearer mindset, that that, Mm. that chaos has been turned into something ordered, and that is something that is infectious. When you get to the end of every episode and you just see this house tidy Uh, because there is a very because
2: this is the thing and it's not a because when when, before i started watching it like again like the western ideal of minimalism is like everything's tidy it's very clinical it feels very like not scientific but it's sterile, sterile. It, it doesn't have that connection with this with the with the self right whereas like and and so minimalism to me was always like oh that would be a really cool idea but i could never really get there because it's just an aesthetic whereas when she talks about this stuff it is very much about well if you look at a photo and it, it doesn't move you why do you have it like if, if it's just lots and lots and lots of photos of things that you don't really connect with like why are you holding on to it because and one of the people in the in the episode that I watched, it was the one with the baseball cards. The guy, yes, who, uh, a really really beautiful episode. This guy who had lots and lots and lots of baseball baseball cards, and you know, a real collector, right? Something I think that we can all relate to to some degree. And he had ten, must have had tens of thousands of cards, and he came to the end of this journey where she was helping him kind of think about how this stuff works. And he realized that if I have 10,000 cards, well, that's fine. But if I have, if I condense that down to 1,000 cards, well, now suddenly those 1,000 cards, they actually have meaning. Like, the whole collection has meaning, but when you focus it, focus it, focus it, focus it right down, this idea of, oh, well, this is all... You know, like you put all of that emphasis into that smaller collection. And I think that's a really nice way of thinking. And yeah, it, it's more concentrated. It, yeah. But it's also like a more human centric minimalism, which is something that I've, you know, really put, you know, the fact that Western minimalism really isn't to do with that. It really appeals to me. It's really, really
0: uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Well, I'm just thinking, Pete, this would be useful for Dan because Dan's moving house fairly soon, aren't well, you, Dan? Be, You've been
3: doing tidying, haven't you, Dan? I have. I've been. Um... I've been doing a bit... We've been doing a bit of a clear out and... So, clearing... which
0: of the three pictures of me, Sam and Pete, did you keep? And which ones did you... Which ones don't give you that spark of joy anymore, Dan? Oh, they yeah. all give me those sparks. I mean, that's all that's oh. left, really, in my flat is just pictures of you guys. That's,
1: yeah. that's all That's yeah. all it is.
3: No, I've, I've yeah. been... We were doing a bit of a clear out and I've got kind of bags of kind of old consoles and games and boxes of DVDs and stuff that over the years, whenever we've done clear out for I've like, no, I'm going to keep these these are these are these are great consoles there was a gamecube there was an n64 there was a dreamcast which i loved and mm. i just came to as i was going through it this weekend i was kind of like you know what i'm not going to do anything with these to be fair that i mean the, the one that really stuck to, for me to get rid of was the dreamcast but i realized that the re the only game i want to play on the dreamcast is shenmue and i now have that on the ps4 and on yeah and the new one will be on ps4 as well so i still have them on dreamcast I can sell them. I worked out I could probably get at least 80, 90 quid just for the games that I've got from kind of trading them in. Plus like three or four consoles. I've got like Xbox, Xbox 360, GameCube, N64, Dreamcast, as I say. All those things. It's kind of like really just clear this stuff out. And because I've kind of held on to them for so long there was kind of a cathartic element to it of kind of okay just get rid of them don't need them i've also got like three big boxes full of dvds that i need to go through as well and i think similar to your point there pete in terms of focusing a collection down especially i think more so with the the dvds it'll be a case that i will look at it and i'll say i've got all these dvds that are going back when i was younger i used to buy dvds every single week i every single week I'd be going into HMV. They'd be selling, I don't know, two for £10 or three for £20. And I'd be going and I'd spend 30, 40 quid in there buying old DVDs and new like new films, old films. So I'd be buying Dude, Where's My Car? At the same time, I'd be buying Taxi Driver. And it's just, that's the kind of thing I said. Yeah, what got. a great double bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: made to be watched together. Uh, my favorite was always going through the um, pre-owned bin at blockbusters
3: oh that's a blast
1: from the past so yeah. I, I was never i never went to blockbusters yeah it's always great get those get those uh those rental only copies
3: but yeah i've got I, i'm looking forward to kind of going through those dvds and deciding kind of which ones i want to keep which ones I'm, i will lose because i will then end up with a group of dvds that i can look at every dvd and say yes if i watch that i'm going to get something from it it's not just going to be a film that I'll watch.
0: So it'll just be a video of your wedding and a few good men. And that would be good and that would be I'd be very happy with that.
1: Are you going to get rid of DVDs that you can of films that you can stream? So say you got a great film, you got it on DVD. Ah, but it's on Netflix as well. You're gonna get rid of that,
3: probably. Uh, it depends on the film, depends on how how I have it, because obviously things don't stay on Netflix forever. It depends on how how likely I am to watch it. So uh, there might be a film like Assassination of Jesse James. I rarely ever see that on streaming services, so I'm gonna keep hold of that. Something like Frost Nixon. Oh, I love that film. I might. That I don't usually see that on TV, so I'd, I'd be keeping that one as well. Whereas something like Inception, I might lose that because that does appear on kind of streaming services and stuff like that. Although from the flip side, I've got the Blu-ray, so do I want it in the best quality? Because I don't, I don't pay for like Netflix HD and stuff like that. Do I want to keep it because I then can watch it in the best possible format and stuff like that? So there's a lot of questions that float around when you're when
0: you're making these decisions. But I've got I just of a lot of rubbish. I just picture Sam that like you know Holly has packed all the kitchen, the bedroom, yeah. everything. She's got she's holding Toby and Dan is just got a DVD in each hand and he's just oh, his head is going back and forth between each
3: <laughs> between Matrix Reloaded
0: Dude. and Dude Where's
3: My
1: Car? I don't know. Easy, Dude Where's My Car? Keep it.
0: So uh, Pete, I'm noticing. The bike just behind you there, and it's got no washing on it. So I'm assuming 2019, you're still actively using it for no, what not. it's supposed to be used for. No. Well, oh right, okay. No, I was going to say
1: it's not in constant in a hazmat suit, so it's you know hasn't been fumigated.
2: It has not been. There, there is a there is a honk to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: How do you sit in there with it? Like- naked. So uh <laughs> <laughs>
2: um no, I haven't. Um,
3: actually no, to I- be fair, I've actually thought about this. You've actually made me think about oh, yeah. this since our last episode, which <laughs> yeah. upsets me. Okay. I don't understand. I, mean, I don't I'm understand. Not Firstly, why you couldn't just wear underwear. Because they got they were all damp from sweat. Okay, okay. And I get that you didn't want to buy a whole load of training gear. So why yeah. not just buy underwear yeah. that you'd wear in the gym which kind of would would under- kind of absorb we're...
2: the sweat so you you is don't there... have that issue. Is there actually gym underwear? Yes. oh there must
1: is be There, there. there must yeah. be. There's absorbent underwear. It's not I mean, it's not absorbent I want to like a nappy,
3: but it's yeah yeah
1: yeah, absorbent underwear.
3: It's like I, I can't I don't know what the technical term is like it it's something to do with wicking or something like that the... the the new Reebok underpants. Wicks away the sweat. Do you get t-shirts that don't kind of that stop you sweating?
2: Yeah, yeah, wick, they wick that away, don't
3: they?
1: Wicking, designed to trap a thin layer of warm air against the body. Yeah. That's to keep you warm.
2: Yeah. No, but you can wick away sweat as well. You definitely can. But you, in
1: the same
3: way that you have t-shirts that that prevent you from sweating, because obviously if you wear like a cotton t-shirt, you'll sweat and it'll soak yeah. all that sweat up, and then it's horrible yeah. and wet and nasty. Yeah. So you can have yeah. different t-shirts of different materials, which don't do that. Same thing for underwear. Telling you, I've got that underwear, so I know what it's
1: like. <laughs> but I don't understand. What I don't understand is. When I go and work out, I wear my clothes, I sweat in the wash yeah like what so I why do-, do I need something that's going to absorb all that because I'm just putting it in the wash anyway so yeah. Because or, it doesn't or, then get or, gross and smell and horrible. Or,
2: or do it au
1: naturel.
2: <laughs> exactly. That, uh, You've not got that problem. <laughs> then you're fine, aren't you? Uh, so, yeah, no, I haven't been Sound doing Sound logic. <laughs> Sound logic. So, um, I guess, uh, I, do are you think you have speedos? <laughs> anyway, let's, anyway. So, let's, no, the reason I have not been doing the exercise is, um, well, two reasons, really. One, I'm lazy. And two, to get over laziness, and really the real reason that I did everything, any of that exercise uh, last year is like goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like actually having something like, why am I doing this? Like, like, there's, there's, like, the, you
1: know. is that what you asked yourself in the yeah. reflection of the yeah, of of your window? Yeah, why? You know, I, I
2: was, I was, you know, uh, uh, bits of me were slapping against other bits of me, and I was just sort of thinking to myself, like, why am I doing this? Like, what is it that's that, that's actually driving me forward to do this? I bet, and, I bet and, Alex and, was know. saying the exact same thing, <laughs> and the neighbours, yeah, and the neighbours. The so I was like, why am I doing this? What's the point of doing it? It's like you know how Marie Kondo says, like, she gives you a reason to tidy well this uh the reason that i was doing the exercise is because obviously i wanted to actually prove that i could do it both to myself and to to you guys so uh, there there hasn't been that for a bit and so i've kind of i haven't done it because i've just been like well i don't need to do 10k today because because like, because why, I,
1: because why? And this is i think this is and i think it's for that reason that we knew that we wanted to continue some sort of challenge some sort of motivation going yeah into 2019 and we asked some members of our wonderful community to come we got some great suggestions through we got a great one that we count like calorie calories burnt
2: yes uh so we had lovely Al- alex holmes Holmes, Holmes, uh, and basically they said, you know, you could essentially instead of distances, do calories burned, uh, equate the overall goal to eating every single meal uh, at Sam's wedding and uh, <laughs> basically, and uh, and then no matter the exercise, you can record it and keep the competition going, there we go competition, key yeah. phrase and uh, you know, basically how much, how much food could Chris eat, uh, and then could we burn that off, and I think the answer is no, we no. couldn't do that at all. Um, I think... Uh, this Many is a, have tried. This is a bit be like the never-ending was... story. It'd be like the San Francisco <laughs> Bridge. We'd be, we'd be riding and riding and Chris would just keep eating. This is a man who was almost kicked out of a gala event where they were serving free food because he ate too much.
3: This is the guy who, at an event where they were giving out pizza, hunted down the waiters who were giving out the pizza for more pizza.
1: Chris, at my wedding, right, everything's getting served in bowls that are for the table, okay? For the (laughs) table. (laughs) The starter, right, is a sharing platter for the table, Chris.
2: I, I like the idea. I like the idea that Chris goes up to a whole hog roast, pulls the whole thing <laughs> off, and just like wanders around. Like, oh, it's brilliant that they're serving finger food, isn't it? Um, <laughs> the uh, the crazy. Uh, so side note to all of this, uh, which yes. is obviously Alex Holmes sent us this lovely email. Um, they actually uh, he actually started off by saying, just catch you up on my podcast from the holidays. And I've just finished episode 68. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no. So, so much um, to go. When you get to this point, Alex. Uh, yeah, it, it gets uh, much more naked and sweaty uh, for a bit. But I'm glad you've caught uh, with all that stuff. Yeah, so that was a very good
1: suggestion. Yeah, we got one about the point system. You get a point for every exercise that you do. And we could have like jokers. So Chris could say it's double points if you go and do Bikram yoga this week or whatever. And what we have decided to do for 2019 is we, we decided to, to push all our efforts into doing something good and doing something altruistic rather than selfishly for our own uh, competition and gain so pete you found an app didn't you called charity miles and the fundamentals of this app is loads of businesses give this app money to advertise their business on this app but instead of the application itself taking that money for its own reasons and for profit and whatever it instead gives that money back to charity which is mm. all really nice i think i think it's something like a million dollar pot that they've got uh, for for the year mm. and basically it is up to you the runner the walker the cycler to decide how much that money goes to what charity that you pick so if you go and walk for a mile I think if you walk outdoors, it's like 25 cents of that million dollars will go to a charity of your choice Mm. and so on and so forth. And only for a mile,
2: for a mile, that's actually not that bad. It's not.
1: So four miles is a dollar. Easy. So it's
2: brilliant. I mean, I do do two miles every day just walking to work. Fantastic. So 50
1: cents. For Every a charity. Day. So that's the so that's the idea of this of this year's challenge. We've all downloaded the charity miles app. We've set up a specific group. So on the app, you can either just do it individually or you can join a group where all our miles will be added together. Mm and so i think if it's hashtag staying in pod i think it is that that's right if you search for that you'll find us and you can join our group so we're all a big staying in team and you choose a charity that you want to raise money for there's loads of different options on there and then then you go at the end of the year we'll have you know hopefully a good load of members in our team and raise a good lot of money for charity so
3: i think what's what's actually great about it is it doesn't cost. Us or you anything in order to do it. There's no you. You kind of you sign up for a profile, but there's no cost to that. And you just download the app, and there's no cost to that. And then you run or you walk, which will be which we'd be doing anyway. And the difference is that that
0: exercise then gets converted into money for charity. There is literally no downside to it, as far as I can see. No, it's great. And and you may find listener that might be a little bit of teething problems with the app, but we've been assured by the CEO of the company that's actually due to overwhelming popularity, which is also fantastic.
2: So I think we're going to do that and we're going to see how many miles we can do.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I think like like, like last year, we'll update kind of throughout the year, see how we're going. Yeah. Um, and all the information we'll, we'll also put on Twitter. But please, we'd, we'd love it if people could... Join in and join with us so today. If you can join with us, then we'd we'd be able to kind of see how much mm. kind of people who are listening to the show are actually putting together, and it'd be it'd be lovely to know kind oh. of how much money we we can we can raise for charities. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it'd
2: be awesome. If we're actually going to set ourselves this goal, the main thing I need to worry about is getting more people on board so I have to do
1: less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, better,
0: so you better take the stabilizers off your bike. Yeah, yeah, Pete, <laughs> because
1: the
3: one aspect that you can't record is indoor oh. cycling.
2: I know, I know. And this is your idea.
3: We were really struggling for a, for an idea for the challenge. We were really kind of trying to find that little nugget, and then Pete, you found the app and we all said that's
1: it. So we'll put we'll put the deets on the sosh, and
2: <laughs> we are thirty-three. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot Sam is the most street out of the four of us. Yeah. And Chris
1: and Chris will have all the information you need at the end of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> deets on the sosh. And on the download of this podcast, you'll get more details as well. But Charity Miles, hash, hashtag staying in pod. This year, the yeah. game that keeps my dad busy. I found... <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, right,
2: before s- I say you this... You said that qu- sentence very oddly, as if to put quotes <laughs> around the word game.
0: Is it video or board?
1: It's pen and paper. <laughs> so... Is it so, um, No, close. So yeah, so over the Christmas and New Year's period, I've had the joy of being able to play several a uh, few new board games that I've not played before. One of them was when i went to go and visit my dad now quick sam's dad stories right yeah, Okay, yeah hang on yeah, so yeah. very briefly go on so i went down to my dad's for christmas and gave him a quick ring before he went down i went dad we're passing a shop do we need to go and get any alcohol or food and he went don't worry i've got all the alcohol i've got the special cider that your brother's girlfriend loves i've got wine i've got gin i've got beer brilliant Beautiful. he's on I've it got food he's yeah i've it. got food in and i went to him dad do you remember that lisa and i don't eat meat anymore and he went what not even chicken no dad not not eating chicken <laughs> And he uh. went, all right, you, you might want to go to the shop and get yourself something then. So we went to the shop <laughs> yep. and we came back and we walked into the living room to find out that my dad... <laughs> It's got this real Christmas tree in his lounge, but it's so tall, it's just wedged into the corner. The top of it's like bent over, National Lampoon style. And with everything my dad does, the logic is always one hundred percent waterproof. Yeah, yeah. Because you, because he went, we were just like, oh, that's a that's a big one, Dad. He went, yeah, wedged in the top. That's not gonna fall over. It's like, well, it's true. <laughs> It's not, he, he could not be accused of being wrong. So that logic extends the next thing that happened was he was just like, right, do you all want to go and get a drink? We're like, yeah, brilliant. Right, I'm going to get a beer and Lisa had a gin and tonic. My brother's girlfriend uh, went to go and get uh, a cider. And I heard all this laughing coming from the kitchen because my dad had bought 0% alcohol cider. Oh, my dad's logic again 100% waterproof and sound was why would they even make that I was like yes why yeah. <laughs> why because it's just yeah. Apple ties. Yeah fair enough yeah <laughs> If you if you want to drink copperberg then you'll drink copperberg Yeah
2: no that's actually a really good point like there is no there is no like a beer equivalent that is alcohol free naturally so you have to have non-alcoholic beer but, like, yeah. what we're talking about you, here is apple ties.
1: Yeah. Or, like... Or slur. So the last thing happened, we were opening up our gifts. And my yeah. dad bought me and, me and my brother a graphic novel. Opened oh. mine up, bought, open it up. It's Batman Hush. It's like, oh. Oh, that's nice. And I had to be honest with him. I went, Dad, you bought me this last year. To which his response was, oh, I thought I did. <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh. but anyway, to the point in hand, I yep. love my dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We played when we were down there one of the Mattel escape room games. Okay so we've played before exit the game and unlock and we've had brilliant uh success and love for each very cheap and disposable escape room simulator games but this is like the big box one from mattel so this is like must be about 20 30 quid it comes in a massive box it's still all one use only uh but it also comes with like plastic locks and little plastic like uh Ooh. key dials and number locks and all this kind of stuff for you to like it's a lot more tactile than the the exit and the uh, uh unlock series has been before and it was all well and good but we found out then that oh my dad loves a crossword really he, he was there was one puzzle where we had a crossword and he was there the whole like you've got S- an hour to escape Stand and, aside. It, <laughs> and it took him the entire hour he was just there with his crossword and like we were just waiting there for him to solve it because we needed like one last clue to get he's like oh nearly there son nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> but as as an experience i genuinely wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it I I think the exit games especially and unlock have that corner of the market covered and i think it's a bit to get down on it a bit i think it's a bit of a waste what mattel have done because there's so much in that box so much plastic and so much waste that you're making and, and money that people will spend thinking it's mattel and it's a quality product when really there's better things out there but the true best game new game that i played over christmas new year was flam rouge thank you mr chris for for bringing this Peddling its way into my heart
0: and to be honest Sam both you and I have wanted to play this for quite some time haven't yes. we ever since Shut Up and Sit Down wax lyrical about it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is a board game from Luter Pelit, designed by Asger Harding Grunrud and Beautiful art by Ossi Hierkala and Jair Kassanen. None of
2: these will be pronounced in the correct way. <laughs> Apologies to the designers and the
0: artists. It's a pre-doping cycling, uh, Tour de France-esque yeah. cycling game where you are playing cards with numbers on them to denote how far your your cyclist moves. Right. But the kicker is you only have a certain number of cards with certain numbers on them. And once you've played that card, you can't play it again. So you've got to think very tactically when you play that card. Right. So say if I've got my sprinter cyclist, who has got three cards that are the number nine. Once I've played one of them, I've only got two left. So I've got to think about when's the right time for me to play that card. Because I don't want to get to the point where I'm at the, near the end of the game and I've got lots of low cards left and I've started off strong, but I'm lagging and lagging more and more behind. Yeah. Because there's this great mechanic in this game. And Pete, you probably experienced this when you were cycling. The slipstream <laughs> oh, mechanic? Oh, all sorts of wind streams and, <laughs> you know, and where lots the curtains of curtains Lots of Yeah, <laughs> tons of that. So basically, this is a great thing. If you get too far ahead, mm. you take an exhaustion card, which is a bit like the game Cult Express. So you pick up a card, which has got a two on it, and you shuffle that into the deck, which you'll deal out to yourself later. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you're going to get that exhaustion card. So you're paying for that energy that you spent getting to the head of the pack. Gotcha. So what you want to do is you want to not be too far ahead. You equally don't want to be lagging behind because obviously then you've got to put more effort in because you're not, you haven't got any slipstream to kind of capitalize on. So you want to be be behind people directly. And if at the end of a round there is a gap of no more than one space between you and the other riders, you automatically all move forwards. So you all kind of pinch together. Hmm. So you can actually chain it quite neatly depending on the cards you play. So I played this with um, Sam and Lisa, and there's this there's this really interesting moment where you're you're trying to work out around the room, okay, what card is Sam going to play now based on where he is? I don't want to play my nine now just in case he plays a two and I go off into the sunset and I'm going to take an an exhaustion card. Um, But equally, if Sam plays his high card now, I don't want to be left behind either because I'm still going to have to take an exhaustion card. And what makes it even more interesting is the fact that it's a variable board. So you've got like six or seven different possible tracks and you assemble the piece like a scale electric set. And there's hills in it. That's and, great. and the hill's brilliant. It's so elegant because if you're going on a hill, the maximum you can travel is more is five. You cannot travel more than five. If you're going downhill, the minimum you'll travel is five. So if you play a two, you'll automatically go five. So it's like you kind of relax and just take your feet off the pedals and just the gravity will take you down the hill. But knowing when to play those cards is key and, it, it, and generally it's been beautifully designed this game because you think oh, I'm running out of cards, I'm running out of cards and you always make it because even if you use up all your cards you're still going to accrue enough exhaustion to get you past that finish line.
1: And it has just enough of what makes road race cycling exciting as well. Road race cycling is kind of one of those sports, say if you watch a Tour de France from the start or you say you just sit down and watch a whole like stage from start to finish you understand a lot more about tactically how it works as a sport and how the teams work genuinely to help one person in the team through so like by using aerodynamics and you know like wind resistance and like general tactics of how they move on through the stage most teams operate in a way that they'll be working towards getting one rider in a position at the end of the race so one person can win it and flam rouge takes that as a mechanic and puts it into the board game so as an experience it makes it very even. You're never far behind for long, and you're never far in front for too long either. Like, right? Okay. Because because it's using those things like exhaustion cards, and because it's using those things like slipstreaming, things that real cyclists do in road races you as a player you never feel like you're too far behind you never feel like you're out of the running and it keeps up and that tension ramping goes on and on and on and on the the sort of the game that i closely resemble this to most is is K2 okay. and the reason why i prefer this over K2 is just that K2 there's death like you can literally just kill your character on the mountain if you're if you're not careful about the cards you play. Whereas in Flam Rouge you just get a little bit exhausted if you get a little bit ahead yeah. of yourself. So you can easily sort of mitigate that part of your play because you realise oh bloody hell I'm getting exhausted I better rest but also that's a legitimate tactic that they use in road races so one of your team will go ahead therefore pulling the other players into that sprint tiring them out so your other members of the team get an easier ride or maybe they can ride off the back of the slipstream of the team that are going ahead being pulled along by your front racer so those little things that it does with the, the true tactics and true mechanics within road cycling put into a board game and using that theme and playing with it is exemplary like i love it and it's so simple
0: yeah it's so simple as you say sam it's completely elegant and in honor of you pete because mm. you've got this buildable track i'm going to build and design a track that will be a homage to your vienna cycle route <laughs> that we did last year uh. and we'll call it the willington pass yeah and it will just be one big uphill and one big downhill yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sam, thank you very much again for your Halloween gift, Until Dawn. Finished it. Very scary, very unnerving. There's something about choosing your own adventure that at the time, really, I found quite almost crippling, This the, the, the analysis paralysis of it, really. I'm not a good decision maker and as a consequence I didn't do as well as you did in that game and I thought I'd shot of it no well well I'm yeah no I didn't most of them did Um, (laughs) I got a bit reckless the last decision of the game and this is not spoiling anything last decision of the game I got a little bit impatient and didn't realise that I wiped out all five of them basically (laughs) Uh, I'd done so well Uh, uh, I'd done so well at that point I'd been very cautious very pensive which again causes problems which I didn't realise but there was something about that choose your own adventure narrative that even though the game really, really unnerved me massively, like it still lingers with me, some of the images in that game are really, really horrific. It went into areas I didn't think it would go in terms of just these sinister kind of ideas but then when I finished and I realised all those wrong turns I'd made I thought, actually I want to go back to this. I want to see what I would have done differently. But it was too late, I deleted the game. Until I went onto Netflix. What did I see before me? But another choose your own adventure narrative. with Talking a Black Mirror, what's it called? A special events episodes, a uh, one-off. Well, they ju- they just they labelled it as Black Mirror and interactive film Bandersnatch. Yes. Um, do we need to explain what it was? Because they it's been heavily marketed and I, talked I th- about. I think it. it's
2: worth it because like I didn't really know all that much about it until a couple of days ago.
3: Well, I think a lot. Of, I think that's the case for a lot of people. A couple of people I've spoken to, they've kind of cause they haven't seen it and they've kind of said, "What? What is it? How does it? How does it even work? It is a film. The basic story is probably about an hour, but it can go longer depending on how long you play. Yeah, 40
0: minutes to an hour.
3: Yeah, depending on how long you play it, could be much shorter, it could be significantly longer. And it's a story that uh, revolves around a young guy who has come up with the idea of creating a choose-your-own-adventure video game based on uh, the book Bandersnatch. Now, my understanding in kind of real life, Bandersnatch was a game that was tried to be made or similar. There is a history of a game called Bandersnatch, I think. I don't know details but I'm Mm. sure I've heard that
0: somewhere I don't know about that. It sounds like a Lewis Carroll character. But the but the,
3: but the story is basically about this guy developing this game and trying in the in the time frame of the show and the kind of the period of the show, this would have been it would have been a very old game, but it would have been kind of cutting edge in terms of games that didn't do this kind of thing before and like branching narratives and different stories and all that all that all that, all that chaz. So that's kind of the, the story plays out of him trying to create this game and actually kind of losing his mind almost as. he plays it and as it's working against him and I don't want to give too much away because the the idea of it is that it it kind of replicates within the story the, the book his game is based upon Bandersnatch and the author who also went a bit crazy trying to create the book of this Choose Your Own Adventure so that's kind of the story and then throughout the film at various points the the action kind of freezes it, it doesn't freeze but kind of an option pops up on screen where you get to choose between two outcomes of what's going to happen next what do you want the character to do so it eases you into it at the very start the boy comes downstairs says hello to his dad sits down at the kitchen table and the dad says what do you want for breakfast sugar puffs or frosties and a little bar comes up and says what do you want? What do you want and that's all that is is to just tell you the Okay, here's a completely innocuous topic, but this is what you're going to need to do. So there's there's nothing riding on this. I think all that matters is at one point an advert pops up for one of them elsewhere in the episode. That's all it is. And another point, you get to choose the music that he listens to on the bus, which then gives you the soundtrack going forward, and it kind of inflects in certain dialogue later on in it. And as it goes on, it kind of delves deeper into what's happening, his psyche, his paranoia, all this different stuff. And as I I don't want to go into too much detail because it. that it would go into spoilers i really enjoy it i mean i'm a big fan of black mirror anyway i've watched all the episodes i think when it first came out uh, on channel four i really enjoyed it because you could watch one episode a week when it came out on netflix i kind of binged watched it a little bit and it became too much because my i was like it's too heavy it's too dark i need a break from these and me and my wife both had the same opinion that we, we literally took a break from it and we went back to it probably like eight or nine months later and then watched it watched episodes slowly kind of one at a time and we we loved it again and this kind of came out of the blue I think this 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 episode this Band Snatch kind of interactive film it did kind of come out of the blue. Um, and it, it, it's not within any of the previous series. It does; It is a standalone. But I really enjoyed it. I think there are, I felt some flaws. I think it's it's kind of constrained by use by having this device of the interactive film. But I really loved some of the things that it does with the ideas and the story and kind of the areas it takes you. And there were certain classic kind of Charlie Brooker, the writer, classic Charlie Brookerisms that very much kind of as a, a nod to the audience audience and wink to the audience and it kind of fits in with everything else that he's done
0: Chris what did you think of it um this piqued my curiosity just because there's a really interesting cast in this you've got Fion Whitehead who was the lead in Dunkirk um you've got Will Poulter who's a young actor that I also really really like as well and it had an interesting concept around it you know it's set in 1984 Four, is it, it, if memory serves me correct? A decade I quite like in terms of the 80s, in terms of its music and things and its culture. And there's there's something very interesting about this premise of choosing your own adventure in this kind of medium, which, let's be honest, it's been around for a while in dribs and drabs. I, I mean, I'm not sure it was entirely successful. I think in some respects, Brooker, he's very savvy in terms of his knowledge of video games, but in terms of my experience of going from Until Dawn into this... It made me realize how much television could learn from video games in terms of how to construct this, because there are certain moments which are just genius, where I think, and I'm not going to spill what it is, because you know what it is, Dan, that moment, it is wonderful. It is worth it just for that but it took me three or four times to get there and I didn't have Tom Cruise dying over and over again to keep me enjoying it and going back to it like in um, Edge of Tomorrow say for example. Instead I got frustration because the problem was with me not with Tom Cruise if you see what I mean.
3: I got I got, I got, got so, an element of that. I got an element of that where I think because
0: yeah, there are I think there's about six endings. Oh uh, I mean somebody's done an infographic IGM put it up but yeah. I mean at the end of the day at the end of it me and Veronica got quite frustrated with it and it's quite telling that there is an option where you can just, it just says cut to credits. And, and and there's this kind of ambiguity is this an ending or yeah. have I failed because it does a very interesting thing um, if you fail and this isn't really too much of a spoiler but it cuts to his video game being reviewed yeah the difference depending, depending on failed. how you
3: end it basically determines how good the game ends up being depending on how that path goes through which is kind of a way of documenting each of the endings kind of thing as I said I, got, I think I got to because when you get to an ending it does kind of give you that avenue to kind of go back into it and say okay well let's try something different, maybe let's go a different path. And I think I got to the I got to a third ending before I started thinking I'm just playing I'm just watching and playing this to see endings now I don't feel like I'm exploring the story anymore which is at which point I stopped I then kind of researched and found out what the other endings were but I didn't go
0: through it kind of organically that way no because you'll start and it happened to us we just started looking at our watch thinking how long has this been going on for so to me that
1: whenever I've
0: done a choose your own adventure
1: that's always a sign that something narratively isn't working because whenever Whenever i finished heavy rain or until dawn i've always been really satisfied by how it's gone and gone right yeah. that's my that's my story yes yeah, what, what what's just happened there is that's my story but whenever i've played or used a bad choose your own adventure so like when i had the books when i was a kid all i was ever doing was right go to that page or i'm not really happy with that so yeah i want to scroll back and i want to choose i want to choose that which is a sign to me as a as a player and as a as a story and you know as someone in being interactive with the story that the narrative isn't working because i'm not feeling fulfilled even when something doesn't go the way i'd hoped if that makes sense so like in until dawn i messed up at one point and a character i really wanted to keep alive i killed off but because of the way it was done and how it fitted into that narrative even though that decision i didn't like and i didn't want and it took the story in a direction i didn't want i felt fair enough that's been well played in the narrative so i'm happy with that decision yeah and where it's i agree
0: i think if they if they'd made it a 30 minute episode but you could not go back and every every outcome was always 30 minutes long so I, that would make me want to go and rewatch it again and make a different choice. But the fact that I could pick and choose which bits I went back and forth on meant that I could have easily dragged this out to be three to four hours long if I wanted to. It yeah. was uh, I in think, terms of I
3: think what it was missing was a defi- a defined end. So when you actually fin- when you actually cut to credits, it comes up at the end, it's the end, directed by blah blah written by Charlie Brooker but all the 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 full credits as you would usually see at the end of an episode. Now, if that had happened at the end of each ending, I would would have known as a viewer. Okay, this is the end. The way it was done, I didn't. I didn't quite know. Is this still part no, of it? Uh, is this the end? So I'm. Yeah. I've gone back into it, but I don't know. Am I continuing to? I didn't quite. That I think that's maybe there was where like a an error. There was like a, an issue there. If it had just said this is the end, I'd have been like, okay, well that's the end. If I want to watch it again and get try more, I can go back into it. But that could be my thing. I think also comparing it to something like Until Dawn is a little bit tricky because with Until Dawn, you're in control of everything in it, within within whereas with something like this because of the, the the medium
2: you're just in control of about 7 or 8 decisions i was i was going to say like it feels like there's even less interactivity than like Night Trap and Dragon's Lair and like I, I don't know like I, I, I've I not seen it but I, I, I kind of think like isn't this I don't know this feels like a creative dead end right like this this feels like I get why somebody would want to make a a critique of a kind of game in the format that the game is in right so like critiquing interactive, interactive fiction by making it interactive fiction i can totally understand that and like doing a, you know doing that as a one-off but i guess i kind of like i mean do i do i think that brooke is going to do like another one of these like i hope not i, because, no, like, if, I think he... i think the reason
3: this worked for me is for that exact reason that the right, story right, right. made sense to do it in this yeah, form because of because sure. it's because it's about somebody creating Choose your yeah. own adventure, because, and, it's that, and it explores that whole idea of free will of which way do you go and all that stuff. And that's yeah. why I don't think looking at Black Mirror overall, he's not someone who gets something and then says, "Okay, I'm going to do that again. I'll do that again." He's right. he's right. done something and then okay, I'm going to move on and do something completely different. Now it doesn't mean say he I think wouldn't Netflix want to do it again. Well, Netflix have done it before, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, because they've but not, but not to this, with not they... with
3: Charlie Brooker necessarily. Sure. No,
1: no, no, not saying with Charlie Brooker. I'm just saying. I think Netflix have put invested a lot into this technology because I think they're going to want to expand this. Maybe, like playing really sort of hypothetically here, because what they did was that they took, before this is they took Minecraft story mode and basically have turned it into taken out all the interactive gameplay that was part of the Telltale game and then just turned it into an interactive choose-your-own-adventure game. And then came Bandersnatch... So obviously they're testing out the capabilities of the technology and their service to run this kind of stuff.
0: But the the ironic thing is that my TV can't play this. Now, if you have a smart TV of a certain age,
1: the only way I
0: could play it on is on a computer or on a console. So it really actually becomes something for those who can play video games. It's not So in terms of trying to reach an audience that don't own a console, who want to have something interactive and gamey, they're not going to be able to actually physically run this but i think if
1: that sort of gets ironed out in the future which it will probably will do imagine if you had this implementation but stretched over a whole series of house of cards or stretched over a whole series of well you know something else of black mirror I where mean, each episode you're making just one decision or two but, decisions as we've all said like this has all been done better in other ways yeah for an audience that know it's done better in other ways Netflix can't just be doing this because the audience that they're trying to capture know that there is a better product out there so you've got to assume therefore that they're going to try and implement this into something new and create a new experience with it but
3: I've not seen it done better in this medium how do you mean? in this medium of an interactive film like this I've not seen it done better than Bandersnatch
2: in the mid '90s, when when this kind of game was being made, with but this is actually this isn't a game; it's an interactive film. That's, no, I that's, know. That's,
3: the, that's the that's the no, thing I know, I'm but but
2: like. But for example, um, the Babe, uh, the Babe was loaded, and one...
1: Mark Hamill made tons of them. Right. So there's in there's the a 90s. bunch
2: of interactive movie stuff that happened in the mid 90s that is is close to this, but kind of a little a little bit more interactive. I can tell you without watching Bandersnatch that the acting in Bandersnatch and writing and effects will have been much much better than the stuff that was in the mid 90s. From that angle, absolutely. But really, like what you're describing is essentially a filmic version of a Steve Jackson and even Ian Livingstone uh, choose your own adventure like and has has the interactive adventure been done mechanically better elsewhere the answer is yes absolutely yeah. in terms of the actual like very specific set of things choices kinds of choices that you can make i'm sure this is probably the the better of them but i think it's mostly because video games have always tended to lean back more into even with stuff like dragon's lair like you had to press up to make the character jump even though what you were watching was a film and basically you pressing up was just okay play the next scene rather than play the fail state scene like video games have never gone as Twine interactive story as Bandersnatch is.
1: Tell you what though, a thing that has done it better, which is the cl- the closest thing that Bandersnatch reminds me of, is Hidden Agenda. Something where we were very static and just literally you, we watched a scene, we pressed an option, we watch another scene. Like that to me is the closest I've seen, and and it did it better. But there's still more mechanics in that game, right? There's
2: still that element of social deduction.
1: Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But in terms of presentation, sure. it was.
3: And I'd say I would say as as kind of as Chris alluded to, I don't want to give away spoilers and stuff, but there are certain there are certain reasons why this story fits so well with this medium. Okay. Because of the the because of the ideas that it's looking at and stuff like that that you the be it's that's it. It's because it's the best way of telling this story as opposed right. to just applying this story to this mechanic.
2: This mechanic is the best way to tell this story. And that's mm. that's I think I, the difference. I think the biggest thing this thing has actually achieved is this is the single most talked about game of a very long time in terms, of its art, in terms of what it achieves artistically. I can't think of many video games in the last 12 months that have had this level of general public discussion about essentially a game. We got a question, guys. I've got another question. With it being a new year, how, do, is, have the kind of the rules changed in terms of how no. people get in touch? No, they're still at stayinginpod on Facebook, at stayinginpod on Twitter. I think okay. they're all the same. Uh, stayinginpod at pod at gmail.com.
1: And now hashtag stayinginpod charity miles. Charity miles. You can't, you can't send us questions through
2: that, but but you can send you can send support and love. So uh, we had a question, uh, and it is from at mantis matt oh uh, hello i know so he says so i'm pushing 40 in january and considering my bucket list have you chaps got any desires you need fulfilling before a certain age
1: that's that now, sounds as if
2: he's offering his services like, is there anything <laughs> i can help you with It's like he's sort of saying, "I'm pushing forty in January, lads. I'm open for business." Uh, So, (laughs) Sam, do you still need a butler for that honeymoon? (laughs) Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, We could. Oh, Oh, that'd be great. That'd be good fun, wouldn't it? Get Matt in. Um, Desires before a certain age. Um, It's Difficult
1: on this, isn't
2: it? What do I want to do by the time? So, by the time I'm four, I'm pushing forty in January. This what that's what Matt says. So, what about by the time we're forty? What do we want to have done? What's one thing we want to have done by the time that we're forty? I want to, I tell you what I tell you what an easy one because um uh, I want to do the easy one. I want to have done all of the mountains uh, all the highest yeah. mountains in the UK. There you go. Good one. That's go. a good
1: bucket list wow. item.
2: And then K2. Yep. Straight straight yeah. to K2.
1: I'd like to run a marathon before I'm 40. Definitely. Okay. I've already done half, so Yeah. Really. You can't, you can't put them
2: together though. That's the uh <laughs> You uh, can't ah. just do two halves. These are very exercise-focused achievements. All they? right,
1: okay. I I also need to complete Metal Gear Solid Five at some point. Oh, well, that will take me to forty. Yeah,
2: marathon's <laughs> probably easier.
1: <laughs>
3: the only ones I could think of were kind of like location-based, wanting to visit places and stuff like that. Mm. Um, where would you like to visit? Yeah, Dan? Where
2: would you want to go, man?
3: I think the, I think the, what I'd like to do is I'd like to stay in a fancy hotel in New York because I've always wanted to I've always wanted to go to New York so me and my wife we've always wanted to go to New York and I think I'd want to do it and do it right and just kind of spend a load of money and stay in a really fancy hotel it wouldn't be for like just for a few days I wouldn't need to be there for too long but just yeah that, I think that's what I'd love to do mm-hmm. that is a
1: night. Nice, that is a really good one I've got another one actually I've got another one <laughs> All right, wh- wh- travel first class and and that can be train plane Train or plane. Well, train's easy. You just need to pay a little bit extra. Dan. Oh, yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, but still. (laughs) Still. But plane is easy. You just pay a little bit extra. No,
2: you pay a lot extra. What about you, Chris? Come on. Give us a list.
0: Um, I've always wanted to go hiking through Bavaria. We've all, because there's this beautiful nestled in these forests there you've got these beautiful Germanic mm. castles and things yeah. I've always wanted to do that yeah. well all you need
1: to do Chris is to get married and make me your best man and that's that's it done
3: <laughs> I think Chris just get married to Sam and I think you'll be fine
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> better hurry I want to do a long distance train journey like the Trans-Siberian National Ooh,
1: Railway oh yeah that'd be fun that's a good one I did enjoy uh, our
0: European train I mean, I'd I'd love to take my partner to New Zealand because that's my favourite country on the planet, and and the, the pleasure of waking up on a mountainside and watching the sunrise, See the or going to the toilet bliss. Bliss. Yeah.
1: <laughs> with the door open, you yeah. know, you can't, that's you gr- can't replicate. Moments taking a like leaf that. out of the book of Willington. That's,
2: <laughs> that's, that's one of your greatest achievements, isn't it, Chris? I would say, it, yeah.
1: I tell you what, I tell you what, one thing I genuinely love to do before i'm 40 because i always go on about it and i've got a, a notes list in my phone which is getting exceedingly long is to actually finish xcom <laughs> no is to even though bloody hell that list i was is gonna good, say that I list can can is very very long because i just kill people off and create more but no my my is to finally create one of the board games or card games that i've thought about creating for a long long time uh. Because some, some of them, I think, would be relatively easy to design and do. Mm. But I always just put it off, so... Well,
2: let's let's not put it off. Let's do all of these things. We will do. All right.
1: <laughs> Good. Good. I see none of us had any... What are the, like, traditional bucket like, list things? Like, oh, swim like, with dolphins, yeah. bungee jump. Yeah, swim with um, dolphins,
2: brackets, which is incredibly cruel do a bungee jump. I'm not giving my I'm not handing over my life to a person who has chosen bungee jump coordinator as a as a, as a career path. Oh, I'd love to do that. I'd like to do
0: bungee jumping or skydiving. Why?
2: A- bungee Oh, bungee. Yeah, do bungee jumping. Like so you can detach your retinas. Like
0: I'll close my eyes.
3: <laughs> I've uh, I've <laughs> scuba dived at the Great Barrier Reef. That's one of the bucket list ones. Have you done that? Yeah okay well i wasn't on the episode of this show where you guys said have you scuba dived yeah 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 went to a swimming pool <laughs> i was i was i was, I was <laughs> hopelessly going
2: what that's not scuba <laughs> but i mean i mean it it's, it's interesting that none of us chose super geeky stuff like win a magic tournament
1: win a magic tournament
2: yeah no as in like magic the gathering tournament not like paul daniel's a <laughs> rabbit <laughs>
1: I've got some great ideas here from uh, an, a website for good bucket list stuff. So there's great ones like capture lightning in a photo. Oh, um, f- come on! Go horseback riding and swim with horses. What? Was, whoa, uh, what uh, uh, wait. <laughs> uh, hold on. That's spun, go on spun. a horse-drawn sleigh ride. No, can we go back it's to? The, can we go back to swimming with horses? <laughs> <laughs> nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is this is from a horse magazine. <laughs> yeah. ha- enjoy hang- the, enjoy the beautiful nuzzling of a horse
1: and i love i love the description of this one it's not ride it's not you know play wash or do anything hang out with elephants sup you know. <laughs>
2: <What's> guys
1: <laughs> i also i also like number 49 and 50 49 is run the name of marathon and 50 is run the New York marathon
2: <laughs> yeah. you'd just choose the New York marathon and then take off 49 and 50 wouldn't you just like if you were being efficient about it
1: um, swim with dolphins swim in bioluminescent water climb a rock wall cut down my own Christmas tree do a retreat
2: do a retreat what, like, walk backwards yeah, I was going to say yeah, like, into your house yeah. from, an awkward,
3: <laughs> from an awkward conversation
2: yeah oh man
3: walk into pete's living room find him cycling and just make a quick retreat yeah like
1: oh hello <laughs> right here we go the bucket list for personal and family goals so here you go matt here are some good things that you can put here we on go your, here we go on your list get the notepad out Be- become an early riser right <laughs> make your own beer yeah chop off your hair you might want to do the next one before that. Try a strange coloured hair. Yeah, done that. Number four, and this is on a list of bucket list stuff, right? Bucket list things to do before you die, once, at least once. Yeah. <laughs> Clean up after myself. <laughs> there
2: you go, Matt. Matt, chuck that on. The, <laughs> chuck that on the list. That a little, a little victory.
0: That was Staying In with Sam Turner, Peter Willington, Dan Frost, and myself, Chris Darby. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to leave a review too, we'd be really chuffed to bits. For those of you who want to get fit this year and do so for a good cause, come and join our team. Just head to your friendly app store and download Charity Miles for your mobile telephone. Look for us in the app at hashtag StayingInPod.